Welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to Restore the Joy, a special message from Brother Ben Knight. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. How many people feel like you could probably use a little bit more joy in your life? I mean, I probably could. Amen. Some joy, almond joy, something. I need some kind of joy in my life. <clears throat> so that's what we're going to talk about for a few minutes is the thought of restore the joy. Brother Dwight, do you care to pray over the word? Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to read one verse of scripture real quick, and then you can be seated. If you're already seated, that's okay. I won't make you stand like that. <clears throat> amen. We're going to start out in the book of Psalm, chapter 51, and, and verse 12. <clears throat> Psalm 51 and verse 12 says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Amen. If you want to help me for a few minutes, you may be seated. Life is a struggle for single father Chris Gardner. Evicted from his apartment, him and his young son now find themselves alone with no place to go. Even though Chris eventually lands a job at a very prestigious brokerage firm, the position that he has been hired onto pays no money. He has no salary. The pair must now live in shelters and endure many hardships, but Chris refuses to give in to despair as he struggles to create a better life for himself and his son. What I just read to you was the plot of a movie that was based on the real-life story of Chris Gardner. It's from the early 2000s, and it is entitled The Pursuit of Happiness. Is anybody familiar with that movie, The Pursuit of Happiness? And while this film is based on the true story of Chris Gardner, if you do some research, you'll find that Hollywood does as it typically does and kind of morphs the story a little bit to make it a little more interesting and and more attractive and appealing to the viewer. It is advertised as a heartwarming, tear-jerking, emotional ride through the struggles of a single father who defies the odds of poverty and failure in the pursuit of creating a better life for him and his son, a life in which they can be happy, the pursuit of happiness. This film made over $300 million at the box office. It was starred by an actor named Will Smith and his 
biological son which made that story that was based on a true story that much more real for the viewer. They could really feel the pain that Chris Gardner and his son felt knowing that the actor portraying him and his son were actually going through this storyline together. This film garnered reviews from viewers such as meaningful and uplifting, a touching story, a perseverance, commitment, and objective and objective in life. Another reviewer said, I am still wiping the tears from my eyes. While this film might be heartwarming, and while it might be uplifting, and while it may show the triumph of the human spirit, it also implies a very false narrative that happiness can only be found if you are surrounded by success and wealth. It implies the narrative that if you are enduring a struggle or going through a hardship, that happiness is something that is just not within your reach. It also implies a false narrative that happiness is only limited to what you are able to achieve through your own might and your own doing. It also implies a very false narrative that without happiness, you cannot have any joy. None of these things, however, have any sort of biblical backing to them. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong, but it seems that in the last year or two, maybe since the old COVID-19 came out, that, that God's church has had a steady decline in joy. A decline in joy, yes, in our personal lives, but also a decline in joy in serving Him and living for Him and doing what He wants us to do. If you don't believe me, just look across the globe at church attendance. Look at the shape that our world is in the last few years and tell me that there's not a decline of joy. Being a child of God is a wonderful thing. It is a joyful thing. Serving God is a very joyful thing. Is it always easy? Absolutely not. Is it always fun? Some might say even most times, no. It's not always fun. That's the truth. But it will bring you joy. Yes, it will bring you joy. Serving God will bring you joy. Living that life that is pleasing to Him will bring you joy. God's people were not meant to live a life that was joyless. God's people were not meant to live a life that was void of, of the Lord's joy. And, and it seems like God's people have been so blessed, but yet at the same time we find ourselves lacking joy. However, the opposite should be true of believers because we should be found having the joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. God, Jesus said it himself that he came so that we can have life and not only have life but have life more abundantly and an abundant life includes an abundance of joy. Good luck having an abundant life without having abundant joy. Well, how do we know that a believer is supposed to be full of joy? How do we know that? That's an amazing question that I'm glad you asked. Look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, 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 joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. Joy is just one of those many fruits 
of the Spirit. And the Bible says that against these things there is no law, meaning that you are not restricted to how much of each one of these fruits that you can consume and that you can put out. That wasn't even the good stuff yet. So y'all was fixing. There's not a limit to how much peace you can have, how much meekness you can have. There is not a jar of joy with a lid on it that contains a certain amount of joy that you can obtain. And once you've reached that cap, there's, there's no way for joy to overflow into other areas of your life. That is just not the case. You as a child of God can have any amount of joy that you decide to have. As a child of God, it is rightful and justful, justifiable for us to not just be full, but overflowing with joy at any given time. Not just joy on Sundays, not just joy on Wednesdays, but joy on Mondays and Tuesdays, on Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays. We are to be overflowing with joy because that is a fruit of the Spirit. But too often we as believers allow our surroundings to control that flow of joy. We allow our surroundings to put our joy into this jar and, and screw a lid down on top of it and, and create what we think is a limit of joy because of our surroundings. When things are good, we are full of joy. Or at least we think we are. When the bills are paid and there's still extra spending money in the bank account, we're pretty joyful. At least we think we're joyful. But whenever the rent's due... You got to choose between that or the car payment or whenever you do pay your bills, but now you're in the red. It's not a fun feeling to have. Whenever your body is aching and you feel sickness coming upon you, whenever you're attacked by depression and anxiety and thoughts of fear and doubt, it's hard as a believer. It's hard to find joy in a believer when a believer is going through something to where it seems that everything is coming against them at all angles. And we have a bad habit of allowing our surroundings to play tricks on our mind and convince us that we have no joy and convince us that we have no reason to be joyful and that we have no reason to even desire joy. But let me remind you of a couple of men in the Bible whose name was Paul and Silas who were thrown into prison and beaten for the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who were treated as criminals in the scum of society for proclaiming the very name that we take for granted on a daily basis, who were imprisoned for the beliefs that we take for granted almost daily. And while they had every right to be angry and every right to be upset and could justifiably complain and moan and wallow in self-pity, that is not what they chose to do. But instead of choosing this route of lowliness and joy, or a route of no joy, they instead decide that instead of focusing on their surroundings and their situations, they are going to turn their eyes and their minds on the heart and their hearts to the source of their joy. And they fix their hearts on the, the, source, the source of their joy, which is Jesus. So even in the middle of turmoil and distress and pain and agony, they chose joy. In the middle of suffering, in the middle of bondage, they chose to sing praises 
unto God. And they chose to lift up songs of worship. And why could they do this? And the reason is because they understood that their joy was not rooted in their surroundings and their joy was not rooted in their situation or their circumstances. And their joy was not rooted in the way they felt in the moment, but they understood that their joy was rooted in a God who sticks closer than a brother. It was rooted in a God who will not leave you or forsake you. It was rooted in a God who is a very pleasant, very present help in a time of need. It was not rooted in any situation or circumstance. Their joy was rooted in the true source of joy. And the good news is the same God who was the source of their joy in the prison is the same God who showed up at greater faith today to be the joy and the source of joy for every hurting heart and everyone who came in with fear and anxiety. You can leave with joy because that same source is here tonight. The devil would like to create an illusion for God's people that joy is not something that is attainable to those who find themselves in a low valley. I didn't even think about saying this whenever I sung that song, but he'd like to convince us that when you're down there in that valley that's way too wide, that joy is, is not attainable to you. He would like to convince God's people that if you are facing unfavorable circumstances, that joy is just not something that is within your grasp or your reach. He likes to put out this lie that joy is not for those who don't already have it all together. But the Word does tell us about our adversary, the devil, and it says that he is not only a liar, but that he is the father of lies and that the truth is not in him. So even in the valley, joy can be found. Even in the desert, joy can be found. And certainly in the midst of turmoil and pain, and even if you are lost in a prison somewhere like Paul and Silas, Joy can be found. Amen. I love that everything the devil says, you can bank on the opposite being true. Amen. In the middle of that turmoil that Paul and Silas was in, they found joy. Know that in the middle of your turmoil that you feel tonight, you can find joy. And that is because our joy comes from the Lord. And that joy from the Lord is not influenced by situations or seasons or circumstances. Look at Romans chapter 15. <clears throat> chapter 15 verse 13. <clears throat> now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. The God of hope fill you with all joy. The God of hope, that is where our source of joy is found. It is not found in the world or in anything that the world has to offer. It's found in a God of hope. Some people say that they just can't seem to find any joy in their life. Have you ever, find, ever heard that? Somebody says, right now, I just think, I can't find no joy. I can't find no happiness. There's just no joy around and they're probably right. They probably cannot find joy. And that's because joy is not something that you can seek out and find in this carnal world. That's not something that you can just decide, I want joy today. Let's go out and drive around and see if we can pick up some joy along the way. No, joy, as we just read, is something that you are filled with by the God of hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. If you have the Holy Ghost, say amen. 
That means you already have access to that source of joy. It says he fill you with all joy, not some joy, not part of the joy you feel he gave you. It says he fill you with all joy. Certain things on this earth may bring you happiness. I know I enjoy deer hunting. Hunting makes me happy. I love to fish. Fishing makes me happy. Past couple years I've picked up golf. Golf makes me happy sometimes. Depends how I'm playing. On occasions, golf will make me happy. Some people might bring you happiness. I know my kids bring me happiness. A few people in my family bring me happiness. A few certain loved ones bring me happiness. And I know people say, and I've probably been guilty of saying it before, that my children are my pride and joy. But I've found it's hard to say they're your joy when it's 8 o'clock in the morning and they've already spilled the third cup of milk on the brand new carpet. There ain't much joy in that. Amen. Or you got the brand new car and they finally talk you into going through the drive-thru and they throw a fit and start arguing and spill the chocolate milk all over the back seats. Where is the joy in that? Amen. There can be happiness found but, but in situations and in people, but there is only one true and real source of joy. And the joy that we have is something that the world did not give and that the world cannot take away. It says that He will fill you with all joy. So if you have joy in your spirit, know that it came from the source. It came from the God of hope tonight. It didn't come because you got the rays at work and everything's looking good. It come because you have the power of the Holy Ghost inside of you and you have access to the God of hope. And it says that He filled you with all joy. I feel like maybe this is for somebody here. If you're someone who has been carrying around heartache and carrying around a hurt, carrying around pain that is mental or emotional or spiritual, that's okay. I know that people have pains and problems they go through. I'm not talking physically. I'm talking deep down on the inside, things you don't enjoy talking about, things that maybe only you and God know about, that kind of heartache, that kind of Real, real spiritual, emotional pain. If that's you tonight, that's okay. I, I realize that some things take time to heal from and some would probably even say some things you never heal from. But the good news is knowing that there's still joy to be found in heartache. And there's still joy to be found in a spirit that is crushed and broken. There's still joy that can be found in the middle of pain, whether it's spiritual, emotional, or mental. There's still joy that can be found in all of those things. Will there always be happiness? No, probably not. But there can always be joy. Look at Psalm 34 and verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto them or close to them that are of a broken heart and save as such as be of a contrite spirit. The first part of that scripture is so powerful that He is near to those who are of a broken heart. When you are broken hearted and you are hurting and you feel like God has never been so far away, just know that that is absolutely when He is His closest to you. 
If you're sitting here listening to this or you hear it online and you, you, can, you can identify with that, that you've experienced a heartbreak and a, a heartache that you wouldn't wish on anyone and that you've been carrying around a weight and a load of hurt that's been brought onto you spiritually and emotionally and you're fighting this mental battle and you're trying to shoulder that weight and you feel as if you've come to your last step and like you might just crumble under the weight of it all and like you can't carry on, just know that right now in that moment, Jesus is close to you. The source of your joy is close to you even when you don't feel it, even when you don't want to believe it, when you are the most broken you've ever been, that is the closest that God can ever be to you even right now the source of your joy is near to you even right now in the middle of your circumstance the the source of your joy is close to you because there's still joy to be found within the brokenhearted not only is there joy to be found but as we read just a moment ago in the book of Romans It says that the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Not just joy, but joy and peace. I recently, I told you I apologize if I got chug water. I recently started a new job. And Brother Jerry is now my co-worker. I didn't say I liked it. I didn't say he was a good co-worker. No. (laughs) Oh, that's rough, man. That's rough. But I recently started a job, and I see Brother Jerry often, and it's so uplifting to to work somewhere where you know there's a fellow believer, and we found ourselves in his office at times talking about the Word or talking about what we believe and talking about the days of of before, and it's it's nice. But I also work a second job where I help take care of people with varying levels of developmental disabilities and you want to talk about some heartache and some physical, emotional, mental pain. Just about a week ago, within the last week, I was working with someone who I've worked with for about seven months now. Me and him have developed a good relationship. He tells me he loves me. I say, I love you too, bud. He, he feels comfortable around me. I feel comfortable around him. We've Developed that friendship, and he's asked me many times what I believe, and I've told him, and I'm not sure exactly how much he really understands or pulls from it, but I tell him anyways, and he tells me the ways he disagrees, and I just say, okay. But I went to work with him the other day, and he had just recently gotten a job at a local business, and you know the whole goal was that, that these people can be a part of society and live as normal of a life as they as they possibly can. And so he started this job and I go to pick him up and I pull up out front and I'm waiting on him. And here he comes with his manager. And I can tell that he has been very upset and very distraught. He is not hiding his emotions about what he is feeling. And his his manager also seems almost equally as upset. And she comes over to the car. And his eyes are red. I can tell he's been crying. He's pacing back and forth. And she tells me about the bad day that he has had. She tells me what has went on that day. And she tells me how she has a concern because recently he has been talking about suicide. Tells me recently he's been talking about thoughts of ending his own life. 
I hear her out. I assure, I assure her that you know I will pass this information along to to the people who need to know to get him the help he needs. And so he, he's crying as she's telling me this stuff. And he gets in the car, and we start the short drive from his job to his house. <clears throat> and he asked me. He says, "Do you think I'm crazy?" And I said, "No, I don't think you're crazy." He said, I don't want to go back to one of those crazy hospitals. He said, I don't want to be there. I said, we don't want you there. So we pull up to his house. He's still, he's a wreck. He's, he's, he's in a bad state of mind. And we pull up and we're sitting there and I'm, you know, I've had the training. I'm talking him down. I'm using, you know, calm words, you know, an, uh, an unintimidating posture. And I'm trying to, <clears throat> trying to calm him down, but nothing seems to be working. And as we're sitting there and he's crying, he turns to me and he says, will you pray for me? I said, no. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. No, I said, of course I'll pray for you. Of course. And so this man, he is not a small guy by any means. He's about gym size plus about 20 pounds. He's a big dude and he throws himself over the center console of my car and lays his head on my chest and he puts a hand on my shoulder and he just begins to cry as I pray for him. I prayed out loud so he could hear what I was praying. I pray, God, let there be peace. Let there be restoration in it. Because just about a month prior to all this, his mother passed away. When it happened, I thought, Wow, he's handled this very well. He has handled this way better than we thought he would. And the truth is, I don't think the realization hit him of what he was about to go through emotionally. And he told me before we started praying, he said, I miss my mom. He said, I can't see my mom no more. I'm scared of life. I can't talk to her. I'm scared of things to happen. I just, I don't want to live anymore. But then we started praying. And he says, as he's snotting and crying over my chest, this grown man who, 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 who is much larger than me, just almost as a child looking for comfort. And as I prayed for him and I ended the prayer, Jesus' name, amen. And he set up and almost immediately a difference was seen in his face. He wiped the tears from his eyes and he almost chuckled a little bit. No longer wanting to talk. The same man who minutes ago was talking about ending his own life and the fear that he was in and no longer wanting to be on this earth now just want to talk about normal day-to-day -day things. To him it might not have meant much, but it, I believe it was the God of hope that met us in his driveway in a parked car that came down and proved his word faithful and met someone who was broken hearted right where they was, right in the middle of the pain and the emotional distress he reached down and comforted him. Someone who moments earlier was ready to take his own life now has felt the presence and the peace and the joy of the God of hope because he really is near to those who are broken hearted. So if you are hurting and you are in pain emotionally, spiritually, know that he is near to you right now. I don't know why that seems to be such a a thing on my heart right now, but just know that He is with you. He is closer right now than He's ever been. <laughs> Have you ever wondered why so many celebrities, wealthy people in society, end up being hooked on drugs and hooked on alcohol? 
They destroy their lives and they ruin their families for what? For the pursuit of happiness. And why wouldn't they? Our own constitution or maybe it's the Declaration of Independence, I'm not sure, but it says, it contains those words, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Why not pursue happiness? They're in the pursuit of escaping pain like we've talked about. The physical, the mental, emotional, oftentimes the spiritual pain. They're looking for a pursuit of happiness to get out of that. They have in most cases more money than any average person could ever even comprehend having in their bank account at one time. The largest of houses, the nicest of cars, the finest of dinings, the best living corridors. I mean, they have it all. And yet still they turn to substances and relationships to try and numb pain and achieve happiness. But what they are really missing is joy. They're not missing the type of joy that Hollywood talks about. They're not missing the type of joy that the world likes to, likes to make images of out in public. But what they are lacking and what they are missing is the joy that we've mentioned tonight that comes from a much higher source. They are missing the joy that comes from a God of hope. That's the joy that they're missing. No pursuit of happiness will ever replace that joy that is lacking. Sometimes we think that if we could have a little more money, little nicer this, nicer that, more of this, more of that, a larger group of friends, then maybe we'll be happy and feel some kind of joy or at least something that resembles joy in our lives. But if this was the case, then there wouldn't be so many people who succumb to the effects of, of what I mentioned earlier, the pain that causes thoughts of suicide and ending one's life. There wouldn't be so many well-known celebrities and those in the, in the high statuses of the world that turn to ending their own life to escape pain. They try to escape a joyless life. Practically every earthly thing at their disposal and still yet there is no joy to be found. And that's because you cannot fill a hole on the inside where the joy of the Lord was meant to abide with any type of earthly possession or position decide, despite what the world might try to tell us otherwise. There is a void of joy that only the Lord can feel, that only the God of hope can feel. Nothing else on this earth can feel that joy. There is a fairly new worship song out by James Wilson within the last couple of years. And these are the words to that song. This world is not my home. I am just passing through. Earthly treasure soon will fade, but I have found my hope in you. You are the one I want. You are the one I need. This world can have it all. It can take everything, but give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, the one who broke these chains and took away my shame. There is only one for me. It says this world can have it all. This world can literally take everything, but give me Jesus. 
You see, this world is not our home. We are just passing through this place. And the reason why you're not going to find joy in the world is because you cannot find joy in a place that you cannot call home. You cannot find joy in a place that you were not from and were not destined to spend eternity. You cannot find joy in a place where you can't plant your stakes for eternity. There is nothing that a place which is not home can offer you that will bring you any type of joy. Our joy comes from one source, and it comes from one source only, and that is from the God of hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Sometimes we, as a church, can forget where the source of our joy comes from. I know our cities have forgotten, or maybe have never even realized where the source of joy really comes from. Our cities need to know they got to know that joy ain't found in the bottom of another bottle. It's not found. It's not found in another worldly relationship. It's not found at the end of a syringe. It's not found at the end of a self-help book. But joy is found in one place, and that is the God of hope. That's the only place where our joy can be found. many people in our cities. I know Ashland, Ironton especially, that suffer looking for joy, longing to fill that void with substances and relationships. Lives perish. Drug overdoses. Families ruined by worldly carnalities and relationships. The world gives a false narrative that these self-help books and these people who claim to be doctors can Help you get through the hard times and the rough times with a simple answer that has nothing to do with this book. And that is just not the truth. I've shared my testimony many of times. It goes so much deeper than most people probably ever know. But there's a reason. Why I can stand and tell you that their cities need to know that joy ain't found in a bottle because I've been to the bottom of plenty of them and joy ain't found there. There's a reason why I can stand up here and say that our cities need to know that joy isn't found in another lustly relationship. It's because I've tried those and that's not where joy is found. There's a reason why I can tell you that our cities need to know that joy isn't found in any drug and it's because I've tried that and that's not where joy is found. But I can tell you I'm not talking as somebody who has never been to the bottom. I'm talking as somebody that has seen more than I ever care to talk about. I'm speaking as somebody with an experience of these things and none of these things are really where true joy is found. The only joy that we can find is in the God of hope. The God that is near to the broken heart. The God who cares for you and loves you. The God who is a very present help in a time of need. There is nothing earthly or worldly that you will find joy in. These things we have talked about only offer a distraction from the pain and the problems. They offer, despite what commercials on TV might want you to think, 
What popular people might want you to think these things don't offer you any kind of answers. And in almost every case, they will do nothing but cause you more pain and more problems. They, they prolong the inevitable. Alcohol and drugs, relationships, searching for advice from people who want nothing to do with God or the Word of God. They're not going to help you find joy. They're not going to help you get through any kind of pain or distress that you may experience. But I can tell you that nothing will repair your heart and your mind quite like finding an altar of repentance where that same God of hope can sweep down and embrace you with open arms and He begins to fill those voids that you once tried to fill yourself and He fills them with the joy and that joy that only comes from Him. It is that joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and it is that joy that the world did not give and that the world cannot take away. That's what will restore a heart. That's what will restore a mind is a true God-given joy. So we know, I don't want to, I don't want to beat a dead horse here. We know where joy comes from. I think I've covered that. It comes from the God of hope. It comes from the Lord. But if you have, if you've understood that and you understand where it comes from, but you're still having issue maybe accessing that joy. You don't really see how you can find it. Let me tell you a good way to access that joy. And that is to serve in the kingdom. Serving in God's kingdom. You will find his joy when you find your hands busy with the work that he has called his people to. You will find joy when you find yourself busy doing things that advance the kingdom. You will find yourself joyful. You will find that joy when you find yourself obeying the commandments He has given us and being faithful in the work that He has called each individual believer to do. Brother Dwight, as you clean the sanctuary, do you have bitterness in your heart? Are you upset about cleaning the sanctuary? Or does it bring you joy? Brother TJ and Brother Brandon, when you're mowing the grass... Taking care of the church grounds. Are you arguing about it and you're, you're hating it and you just would wish you were somewhere else? Or do you feel a sense of joy in doing it? I can tell you when I serve up here as your worship leader, even if I've had a bad day, a bad week, even if I've been on the verge of strangling the kids right before church, as soon as I begin to serve in the capacity that God has called me to, I feel an uplifting of joy. Even if I know there's things after church I've got to deal with, as soon as I find myself busy with the work He's called me to do, I find joy. If you find yourself being bitter and being angry and lacking joy, just get busy doing something for the kingdom. Get busy doing something for kingdom advancement. Get busy doing something that's going to help with the growth and the revival that we see at Greater Faith. Get busy doing something that's going to help your lost loved ones find their way to an altar where they can find that God of hope. The revival that we're experiencing doesn't come from lazy people. The revival that we experience, all the people who've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the many baptized in Jesus' name. That comes from laborers who wanted to do a work for the kingdom. And I can tell you, every laborer who is doing something for the kingdom is full of joy. 
Because you cannot be lacking joy while you are doing something for the kingdom. The reason why it is hard to lack joy when you're doing a service for the Lord is because it gets your eyes and your mind off of all this. Doing a service for you, doing a service for your employer, that'll take care of this stuff. That'll get your eyes on this stuff. But when you do a work for the kingdom and for the advancement of the kingdom, that gets your eyes upward, which is where the source of our joy is found. I'm at 38 minutes, and I'm not done yet, but I'm getting there. I'm so sorry if I'm boring you, but we're, we're almost done. King David, <clears throat> I'm sure we all know this story pretty well. Could probably teach a Bible study on David. When he was a teenager, he was found doing the work of his father. He was found being an obedient servant to his father. He later would find himself on a battlefield when he goes to visit his brothers. And he's in a place where God's people should have been doing a work. But instead they were scared and terrified and waiting for somebody else to come do that work for them. He goes down and decides, I've been doing this father's work. Now it's time to do this father's work. He goes out and he slays Goliath, beheads him. He has won a victory for God's people. Surely that is a work for the kingdom and for kingdom advancement. As David serves as king, he, he's a faithful servant and follower of God and by all means was joyful. He was a joyful king. And how do we know that he was a joyful king? Well, we know because of our first text that we read tonight, Psalm 51 and verse 12. We'll go back to it. This is David writing this. It's David saying, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. The reason he is asking for the restoration of joy is because he was once himself joyful and now finds himself lacking joy. David, while serving as king and while doing kingdom work, was full of the Lord's joy. But when he decided that he was going to take a break from kingdom duties, he finds himself no longer looking at the source of his joy but he is looking on earthly things. And it is when he turns his attention to earthly things that he lays his eyes upon Bathsheba and commits adultery. And we know the story. Commits adultery. He has her husband killed. He went from doing a kingdom work to doing a worldly work and now has found himself crying out to God just a few scriptures before this for, for forgiveness. He's repenting and then he finds himself asking God for the restoration of of joy. But what exactly was it that took away David's joy? It was the guilt that he was experiencing. The guilt of knowing what he had done. The guilt of knowing where he had come from to where he is now. The guilt of knowing the lives he has destroyed. The hurt he has caused and the trust that he has lost. That is the guilt that stole and destroyed his joy. And that is exactly what guilt will do to a believer. That's exactly what guilt will do to a child of God. It will destroy your joy. And I can tell you, I probably know that better than anyone. 
Guilt is not something God will use to redirect a believer when they have fallen and stumbled. Because guilt destroys joy. And since He is the source of our joy, then we know that any guilt we feel is not given and is not brought upon us by Him. Now He will bring conviction to a believer to cause correction and repentance. But His Word says that there is now no condemnation. And it says that in His presence is fullness of joy. So if He is our source of joy, He cannot be the source of our guilt because joy and guilt cannot abide together at the same time inside a child of God. If joy is present, guilt is not. If guilt is present, joy is not. Would you stand with me? Guilt, while it is a human emotion, is more than that. It is a tour, it is a tool of our adversary, the devil. He uses it at times when maybe our surroundings aren't bringing our joy down, so he creeps in with the guilt, and he creeps in with the thoughts of sins that you committed so long ago, sins that you wish nobody knew about, sins that you wish you could forget about. He creeps in with the guilt of those creeps in with that guilt and tries to break down and subdue and destroy your joy and when he destroys and takes your joy he takes much more than that in the process he takes not only your joy but he takes your worship and he takes not only your joy but he takes your testimony and he takes not only your joy but he takes your witness and if you found yourself in a position where you are lacking joy tonight, the good news is that you are in the presence of a God of hope who gives freely and that you can pray that same prayer that David found himself praying, God, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Even if you find yourself in a situation like Paul and Silas when you feel as if you have been cast away and forgotten about and wrongly accused and people look at you different and they don't want nothing to do with you. They just rather forget everything about you. Even if you find yourself there, know that if the God of hope found them where they was at and still stirred up a joy inside of them, He can still stir up a joy inside of you tonight. If you can be honest with yourself and realize that you have been lacking joy, maybe you've tried to find it, Maybe you found happiness instead and realized that that didn't suffice and that didn't fill the void. Then I think now might be an appropriate time to start responding to what God has spoken to us about. If you have allowed your surroundings and your situations and your circumstances to control the flow of joy in your life, guess what? He can still shift your focus back on to the source of joy tonight. If you are broken hearted, and if you are carrying a hurt and a pain and a weight so heavy that you feel ready to crumble, if you feel broken hearted, feel like He is nowhere near you, that's when He is closest and He is already near you tonight and He can cast, you can cast those burdens upon Him and let Him restore and reestablish the joy that you once felt. If you've been battling guilt, and the enemies cause you to dwell on your past. 
I've got good news for you today. That if you that you've been bought by a price, and if you've found yourself an altar of repentance, went down in the water, that every sin, everything that the devil could try to make you feel guilty about has already been washed under the blood. There is now therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There is now no condemnation. Let him lift that load of guilt and shame that you feel and place on you a spirit of joy. I wonder if anyone wants to respond to what the Lord said. It's okay if you don't, you don't have to fake it, but if He spoke to you and said that you need more joy, you've been lacking it, why don't you come and seek Him for just a moment? If you've been struggling to find joy in the middle of circumstance and hurt and pain and heartache, just know that you can come to an altar and find it. Come, let joy be restored. In the heartache, let joy be restored. Come trade your guilt for joy and let the God of hope fill you with all joy. Let the God of hope shift back the focus to the source of the joy. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others, as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.